Chapter number 15, verses 1 up to verse 21. Please bear with us. It's a little bit long, but it's important that we read that scripture together. Let's read. Then Moses and the people of Israel sang this song to the Lord, saying, I will sing to the Lord, for he has triumphed gloriously. The horse and his rider he has thrown into the sea. The Lord is my strength and my song, and he has become my salvation. This is my God, and I will praise him. My Father's God, and I will exalt him. The Lord is a man of war. The Lord is his name. Pharaoh's chariot and his horse he cast into the sea. And his chosen officers were sunk into the Red Sea. The floods covered them. They went down into the depths like a stone. Your right hand, O oh Lord, glorious in power. Your right hand, O oh Lord, shatters the enemy. In the greatness of your majesty, you overthrow your adversaries. You send out your fury, it consumes them like stubble. And the blast of your nostrils, the waters piled up. Sorry, at the blast of your nostrils, the waters piled up. The floods stood up in a heap. The deeps congealed in the heart of the sea. The enemy said, I will pursue, I will overtake, I will divide this spoil. My desire shall have its heal of them. I will throw my sword, my hand shall destroy them. You blew with your wind, the sea covered them, they sank like leaves in the night waters. Who is like you, O Lord, among the gods? Who is like you, majesty in holiness, awesome and glorious deeds, doing wonders? You stretched out your right hand, the earth swallowed them. You have led in your steadfast love the people whom you have redeemed. You have guided them by your strength to your holy accord. The peoples have heard, they tremble, pens have ceased the inhabitants of Lystia. Now are the chiefs of Edom dismayed, trembling, seizing the leaders of Moab. All the inhabitants of Canaan have melted away. Terror and dread fall upon them because of the greatness of your arm. They are still as a stone. Till your people, O oh Lord, pass by, till the people pass by whom you have purchased. You will bring them in and plant them on your own mountain. The place, O oh Lord, which you have made for your accord, the sanctuary, O oh Lord, which your hands have established. The Lord will reign forever and ever. For when the horses of Pharaoh with his chariot and his horsemen went into the sea, the Lord brought back the waters of the sea upon them, but the people of Israel walked on dry ground in the midst of the sea. Then Miriam the prophetess, the sister of Aaron, took a tambourine in her hand, and all the women went out after her with tambourines dancing. And Miriam said to them, Sing to the Lord, for he has triumphed gloriously, the horse and his rider. 
he has thrown into the sea. Hallelujah. I am having a nice picture this morning in my head and in my heart. I I wonder how old Miriam was. Eh? And you know that Moses is almost eight years, something like that. And Miriam, the sister, obviously is old. Eh? And you can imagine her catching the tambourine this very morning and dancing. Yeah? And dancing for God and dancing to God because of the victory. I want to take you back maybe for a while as we build up here. You know, in Genesis, I saw it in Genesis, but in Exodus chapter 14, where you were last Sunday, see that. Ladies and gentlemen, this is a nation that has been in bondage for over 400 years. In 400 years, they had never praised and worshipped God in this manner because they were in slavery and they were not allowed in Egypt. Yeah? They have walked knowing about God, but not knowing God for all those years. And God sends Moses and Aaron into Egypt, and that begins to revive their knowledge and their walk with God and their faith in their God up until Exodus chapter 14, where they are now kicked out of Egypt so that they can go and serve God. Because the calling was, let my people go so they can serve me. Let my people go so they can worship me or they will praise me. So they begin the journey out. And now they are going to an imaginary land that flows with honey and with milk called Canaan. I think it's just in their head, they are imagining. Can you imagine seeing milk flow? When you hear that the land flows with milk and honey, you think you will see rivers of milk, eh? Yeah? You will see rivers of honey or whatever. You are imagining they had this picture in mind when they walked out. It was a jubilation. It was a great moment. It was a good feeling. And they are going out. And before they know it, here is the Red Sea. Amen. They were singing for the first time. And the sea being the sea is quiet and is full of water. And you dare not walk into it. The Bible doesn't even tell us there were fishes where they came from. It looks like they were not. They just came to where the sea is just the sea. <laughs> so when they are looking ahead of them, here is the sea. And suddenly, while they are admiring the sea and wondering what will happen, they look behind and here comes Pharaoh. Yeah? With his chariots, with an angry army. And Pharaoh means business. Pharaoh is brutal. Pharaoh is violent. Pharaoh kills. And Pharaoh takes no excuses, so he doesn't give mercy because he doesn't have mercy anymore. Remember, he is angry. The firstborns of Egypt are dead. And therefore, he has a reason to persecute. He has a reason to pursue. He has a reason to overtake. He has a reason to, to destroy. And you heard in the soul when Moses said it that what the enemy was thinking and the planning and all that kind of stuff. Picture this, ladies and gentlemen. Now the Red Sea. Now the enemy. And when you read in chapter 14, you heard how they begin to clamor. How they begin to say Moses, where there are no graves in Egypt. How dare you take us out 
of our good slavery moment yeah? and bring us to perish here. You are a cruel man. You were in court that is safe. You have lied to us. I, I think they are thinking like that. You have lied to us. You have robbed us. Look what is going to happen now. We are there. Maybe they are crying and women hitting themselves on the car. Maybe these were Arabic women, Jewish women. I don't know how they cry. Has it been here in Zimbabwe? Oh my God. You have seen how our women cry. Yeah? Throwing themselves down. Flying all over. Taking their children, putting them under their skates to try and protect them. Doing all the crap that you can imagine. But it is in this moment that God wants to reveal who he is. It is in this moment that Israel must know the God they worship. Yeah? You see, the challenge with us believers is we know God from theory. We hear about God. We have not experienced God firsthand ourselves. And until you come to that place where you can experience God firsthand, ladies and gentlemen, it is easy to run your own direction. It is easy to run away from God's protection and seek your own protection. Because you think God has delayed. The challenge with humanity is we thank God to operate in our own time zone. He is not in your time zone. He is God. We operate in his own time. When you think God has delayed, he is on time. And maybe what you need to do is to encourage or to calculate or cultivate in you a virtue of patience. Tarry he in Jerusalem until he speaks. But it's not easy waiting and tarrying in the midst of a storm. It is a faith thing. So Moses speaks to God and God gives the command, stretch your rod over the sea. You know the story. The sea divides and they go. Boom! Into the sea. And they walk. It was not just a two-minute walk, ladies and gentlemen. It was an overnight walk. And they walk through. Let's see. Boom. To the other side. And with Pharaoh still pursuing. But when Pharaoh gets into the sea, the chariots cannot run as fast as he was. Yeah, because the soil, the sand in the sea begins to work hard against Pharaoh. But it is so strong for Israel to walk through. It's so hard for the Egyptians to walk through. That is God. That is God. He's showing himself and revealing himself. Once they are crossed over to the other side, God does the unthinkable. He does the unthinkable. The water goes back. And the mighty fell. His choicest officers. Remember, he didn't just take an ordinary army, a regular army to pursue Israel. He took the best. I don't know in terms of military armies here in Zimbabwe, which is the best we can. That is the one that he took. Maybe something, you know, a fighting force. He didn't just take any force. He sent his best, a fighting force, with the best chariots, the best armored vehicles, 
the best air force, the best artillery, the best everything. That is what he took to pursue a defenseless Israel. Maybe he understood something that you and me and even Israel didn't understand then, that there was a God behind Israel. So he thought he would defeat God by his mighty report. And he sank into the sea with everything there. Now they are on the other side. Pharaoh is gone no more. Yeah? You shall never see Pharaoh. You shall never see his chariot. You shall never see everything. The enemy is vanquished. The enemy is finished. What do you do? How do you respond to that? How are you going to respond to that? I just want to sit and cry all that and then you continue with your This is where worship comes in. This is where praise comes in. And now the enemy is called the children of Israel are free at last. Free at last on the other side of the sea that they thought they would never cross, but God has done it. Just like that. And they begin to sing a song. They begin to praise God. They begin to do a lot of things. It is called the song of Moses, which is directly it's directed completely to the praise of God for his saving presence, for his rescue, for his protection, because God today has come and protected and established his people. If you read that song, you will hear these key words that they are putting inside the, the singing, inside the song. For the first time, ladies and gentlemen, in over 400 years, 470 to be precisely, Israel can worship. For the first time in over so many years, for the first time after a traumatic experience by the Red Sea, Israel can stand and praise God collectively as a nation. For the first time they are a people with hope. For the first time they are feeling freedom inside of them. And because of that freedom inside of them, they cannot stop this. They cannot stop polluting. They cannot stop worshiping. That's why you see the whole nation praising and you see the elderly women called Miriam, the sister to Moses, yeah? standing up also and dancing, singing to the Lord. For he has gloriously triumphed over our enemies for so many years. This Pharaoh who has oppressed us for so many years. He is finally vanquished forever and you shall never see him again. Then there is a cause for the party. There is a cause for celebration. I'm not sure this morning what it is that has been pursuing you over the years. I don't know. That which has pursued you, you know your father. You know your own Egyptians. You know your own enemies. You know what it is. But I am here to remind you this morning that that thing that is pursuing you so much every day, it was vanquished on the cross of Calvary 2,022 years ago. And how you still allow it to pursue you, it beats all spiritual logic. 
Maybe what you need to do is to stand in the face of that Pharaoh, in the face of that Egyptian, whatever it is. Please, it's not about the Egyptian people. No, 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 no. Egypt is not the people of Egypt, the country of Egypt here. It is a system, a system of oppression, just like Babylon. Yeah? Please don't hate the Egyptians and people. They have nothing to do with this. Some of them are believers in the Lord Hallelujah. Maybe you need to stand in face of this thing this morning and begin to praise. And begin to dance like David. I don't know how you are dancing. Begin to dance and dance and dance and see how the enemy retreats. How the enemy goes back. Ladies and gentlemen, hear this from me this morning. Satan is afraid of praise. Satan is afraid of worship of your God. The more you confront your challenges with praise and worship, the devil backs off. The Bible says, submit yourself unto God, he will establish you. And resist the enemy, he will flee. The way of submitting yourself so that God establishes you is praise, is worship in the midst of the storm. And the way of resisting Satan is to worship God in the midst of a storm, in the face of your challenges, and you will see the devil back off. Ladies and gentlemen, one of the greatest weapons the Lord has given us is our praise. One of the biggest weapons the Lord has given you and me is our worship. We cannot remain silent in this day and era as children of God. We have our praise. The Bible says he inhabits the praises of the children. Hallelujah. Yeah, he loves your praise. He loves it so much. So Israel are praising. Israel are blessing. Israel are jubilant. Israel are doing first deeds before anything else. But there are a few things that we need to take from what Israel is doing here for the first time. I've said they come together to praise and worship. They are delivered from bondage to worship and serve God. Already they are beginning a ministry. They are beginning a journey. Ladies and gentlemen, the journey to freedom begins with praise. Soon after deliverance, soon after the, 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 the destruction of your enemy, give God praise. Are you listening to me this morning? Give God praise. God defeated your enemies on the cross of Calvary. Soon after the cross, up until Jesus is coming, it is the dispensation of praise. It is the dispensation of worshiping our God. Never mind the challenges. Jesus said the tribulations will come. But be of good cheer because he has overcome the world. What he's literally saying to you is these things will happen, ladies and gentlemen. Despite the blood shed on the cross, but they will never harm you. All you need to do is to keep focused. Keep praising. Keep worshiping. Keep telling your problems about the greatness of your God. Keep speaking the word. Sorry. Keep facing your situations and say how great is our God. And maybe even invite your pro, your, pro, your your problems and say, come on, sing with me. <laughs> sing with me how great is my God. Because he is great. Greater than you can imagine. 
greater than any shame the devil can throw on your way. Your God is great. Israel, for the first time, they realize how great their God is. How faithful their God is. How wonderful their God is. How marvelous their God is. And collectively, they sing a song. They sing a song. Every one of us here can sing a song to the Lord this morning. I'm with me, ladies and gentlemen. Every one of us can sing a song. I need us to understand I'm still laying a foundation. Worship is both praise and it is also serving God. Worship starts with praise, ladies and gentlemen. We worship not by singing only, but by our conduct and our lifestyle, living a life that honors God. Because that is who He is and that is what He desires. Let's read together Matthew chapter 15, verse number 8 to 9. And let's see this other dimension. Then, who will move? What does the Bible say? This is Jesus. He's talking to this group of Pharisees who have questioned him about tradition, why his disciples continue to break tradition and all that kind of stuff. And he answers them and answers them very well. And in verse 8, he says, this is what Isaiah said, Isaiah the prophet, that these people honors me with their lips. Yeah? That is singing. You know that? We sing through our lips, isn't it? I don't know when you come here every Sunday and when you stand up to sing, we just see your lips sing. Yeah? And sometimes you need to look at your, 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 your neighbor singing, you can't see their body singing. Yeah? The thought is not responding to the singing. The lips are. But the body is not singing. Hello, are you with me? The body is not singing. The lips are singing. Congratulations. The body is not in agreement with the lips. The body is not demonstrating what the lips are. I say. And the, the God is somewhere while the lips are here. And Jesus says, These people, not you here, but these people, they honor me with their lips, but their heart, not even heart, but heart is far from me. In vain do they worship me. Teaching is doctrine, the commandments of men. Ladies and gentlemen, as we speak worship this morning, I need us to understand two foundations here of fundamentals. It is possible to just praise God while our hearts are in shocks. While our hearts are elsewhere. While our hearts are in our problems. While our hearts are wandering about many things. What will I eat from here? From here I will go visit this one. I'm going this and you're looking at your time really, but your lips are praising. I You see my sins are but the heart is far. Your heart is not even searching for that. What did it cost God for my sins? There's no conviction. 
Ladies and gentlemen, in praise and worship, there must be conviction. In praise and worship, there must be revelation. There's no way you can praise God and worship God and walk out without a revelation of God. There's no way you can praise and worship God when your heart is in it and you walk out without a conviction. This praise and this worship that will just come here and sometimes we put more energy, dance, dance, kick, kick, sweat, 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 and all that kind of stuff, but our heart as still as stony as we walk in here. It is not the worship Jesus is looking for. He's looking for believers who can worship him in truth and in spirit, and that can only be the heart agreeing with your lips. Putting it all in one, then you know you are worshiping God. This is the worship that invites God immediately, suddenly, into your circumstances. Because your heart is in it. Your heart is saying how great you are, how awesome you are. Your heart is saying you are, you are able. You can never lose the battle. He transfers your name. Yahweh is your name. I know that when I open my lips to worship you, and when my heart is in agreement, you walk into my situation. You show up. I know you will show up, and you keep trusting, and before you know it, there is a knock in your heart. That he is If we worship God without conviction, we are not yet there. I read you a scripture in Psalm 91 that he who dwells in the secret place of the worship heart can abide in the shadow of the Lord. Ladies and gentlemen, worship is the secret place. When you walk into the secret place of God, it's no longer about you. Let me put it this way. Praise is all about you. You engineer praise. You motivate praise. How you are going to do it. There are different types of praises. In the Bible, but you motivate it comes from you. It's you celebrating the goodness of the Lord in your heart. But worship is about God from God because it is in His secret place, and it is His secret place. Those who walk into that secret place, they forget about themselves. They forget about their issues and their problems. You know, you have serious challenges. But you are in the secret place of the most high. Where only the most high matters, not you and me. And when you go there with that kind of understanding and that attitude, ladies and gentlemen, he speaks. I listen to him. He speaks. I never know how to preach without sharing my own funny little story. This other day, I was a troubled man, a troubled father, let me put it that way. Highly troubled. Hey, I mean highly broken. And I was critical. Yeah, I was critical. I went to my senior bishop then and I said, I quit. I just spoke one word, I said, I quit. And I walked out because I knew she was, he was going to persuade me. I quit and I walked out. And I went to our auditorium in the city there. There are little rooms behind the stage. Yeah? I went into those rooms by myself and I lay down on the floor 
and they were like coming and they went. You know when weeping. I didn't say a word. Because I learned that weeping can be washed. Yeah? Heartlessly lying before God and saying anything, just saying you are God. Yeah? And in the depth of that weeping, he spoke to me and said to me, these things have nothing to do with you. It has everything to do with you. And I responded, and I said, your things are too tough and hard. Please help me to bear them up. Yeah? And I stood up, went to the bathroom, wiped my face, put on a smile, and got into my car and went to my office. Because I was in the secret place. When you are in the secret place of the Lord, He will answer your unasked questions. Let me put it this way worshiping God is about getting to His place and keep quiet because He knows your heart. He sees your heart. And he knows exactly what brings you to the floor. The challenge with many of us, we talk too much even in the presence of the Lord. When you get to the presence of God, it's not about you, it's about God. All you need to do is to open your ears, your spiritual ears, so you can hear. That is worship in the secret place. Am I helping somebody? I don't know what it is that troubles you so much. Maybe get into the secret place from here. Boom! And just say, here I am. Come here. I am here! He knows why you are here. And he will do what only him can do to you. Ladies and gentlemen, you can come here. We can touch you. We can sympathize or empathize with you and all this kind of stuff. But I want to encourage you. Learn to get to the secret place. Learn to go and dwell there. And the scripture says you are going to abide in the shadow of the Almighty. And that shadow is about the presence of God. And I'm going to give you about four or three, three, four, five. Things that the presence of the Lord does to you when you are in the presence of the Lord. And we will be done. Are you ready for that? Get your piece of paper and your pen. Please write this as they come on the screen. They are on the screen. Let's, let's get there. The first thing that you need to understand when you are abiding in the shadow of the Almighty is that God's presence brings joy in your heart brings joy in your heart. There is no way you can get into God's presence through worship and you come out still happy. Yes, the problem would still be there, but inside of you is this joy, this unthinkable joy, this joy that you cannot even describe because it is only found in the presence of the Lord. Let's read this scripture so that we can, we can see what's happening. Psalm 16, verse number 11. The Bible says, you make known to me the path of life. In your presence, there is fullness of joy. 
At your right hand are pleasures forevermore. In your presence there is fullness of joy. Ladies and gentlemen, the joy we are talking about here is the fruit of the Spirit of God. It doesn't come by anything. It comes by the presence of the living God. The Spirit of the living God in you works mightily when you can get into this secret place and lie down there and allow the Spirit to minister to your heart, nudge your spirit, and put in it the joy of the Lord. And when you come out of it, yes, they say I am weak, but I am strong. Yes, they say there is this, I am troubled, but guess what? I am victorious. Because the Bible says in Romans chapter 8, I think it's in number 37, what shall we say to this thing? Yeah? If God is for us, who can be against us? And it goes on to say that in all these circumstances, we are more than conquerors through Christ who loved us. And when those scriptures begin to ring in your spirit, joy comes. Joy comes. The Bible says this hardship, this pain, man, would endure overnight, yeah? but joy comes in the morning. Every day is your morning if you stay in the presence of God. Every hour is your morning if you stay in the presence of the Lord. Worship brings the presence of the Lord. And the presence of the Lord gives us joy. Brings joy. What is the second thing? I think I'm left with 10 minutes and I'm done. God's presence brings rest. You are troubled. Hello, you are troubled. John 14 says, let, your, let not your heart be troubled. Don't even allow it to have fear. Why? Because Jesus is here. When you get into the presence of the Lord, it will give you rest. Rest and rest. Exodus 33, verse 14, let's read it. I'm interested in 14, he says, my presence will go with you and I will give you Rest. When the presence is with you, rest comes. Hey, rest is not just sleeping physically and having an eight-hour sleep. This rest is that in the midst of turmoil, your heart is safe. In the midst of your challenges, you are confident. In the midst of whatever storm, you can stand firm. And still understand and declare that Jesus is Lord. And you still continue and pursue your dream. Let me just say to this way we are in an interesting dispensation in India. Don't put your dreams aside because they're challenging. You need the rest of God. In the tower, in the whatever you can see, politically, economically, socially, and what have you, I am here to encourage you, stay in the presence. Get the rest. Have confidence. Focus on what Jesus is doing. For he is doing great and mighty things, and he's coming again soon. Let's move on. For number three. The presence of God brings peace with you. Peace. Hey, the world is looking for peace. How many peace deals have you seen in the United Nations Society and with whoever? How many peace agreements 
can do help nation society with another nation, but they are still fighting. Hmm? I'm intrusive. Ladies and gentlemen, that's not the peace the Bible is talking about. The presence of God ushers in a different kind of peace. When you go to Mark, I think it's Mark chapter 4. Mark chapter 4, is that so? Yes, somewhere there. Jesus is in a, in a, it's a common story, yeah? Common story with the, the disciples. And there is a storm. And it's hitting on that uh, boat heavily. And the disciples are panicking just like you and me. Jesus is sleeping in the same boat, but the guys are panicking. Meaning they still have not understood who Jesus is. They have not even comprehended the word he spoke that they were going to the other side. And he didn't say we will die in the sea. He said we are going to the other side. And they needed to believe to show faith. And they are panicking and doing all kinds of crazy things that believers are doing today. There's so much a storm in the world, and look at how we respond to the storm. Look at how we, we say yes to everything. Look at how we care ourselves. We hide it. We're running away. We are all of We're getting crazy. We're processing the things of the world more than we process the word of God. Do you know that believers believe so much of the philosophical statements that we see on the social media that you believe the word of God? Yes. You know that believers will quote what the man of God said more than quoting the scripture. Yeah? You know that believers can be crazy out there in the world, not here, and say out there in the world. Yeah? And do strange things in the midst of a storm, they can even destroy themselves. And do all kinds of things. While Jesus is in the storm. While Jesus is there. <laughs> While you are seated in the heavenly places with Christ in him on the right hand of God. And while the whole Godhead, God in his fullness, he is abiding in your heart. You find it. You make peace. You do everything else. And Jesus says, peace, peace, peace. I give you my peace. My peace I live. My peace is indescribable. My peace can never be started in any university. It's a different kind of peace, and that's the peace that I have given you. And that peace, ladies and gentlemen, is inside of us, but can be activated or reactivated in us, in our circumstances, when we dwell in the presence of the Lord, when we dwell in the place of worship. When we link up with God, everything that is God in us becomes alive. Yeah, and we have this peace. This and this marvelous peace, this peace that the world cannot really comprehend because you are in the presence of the Lord. Let's move on. God's presence attracts the right people to you. Attracts the right people to you. Hear me very well before we go with our three challenges. We are a person who stays in the presence of God. People will come to you, even if they don't know why, they will speak around you. And you begin to wonder, 
Now they were coming to me. And the crooks will not come to you. Because God's presence attracts the right people. You want to employ an employer in the presence. And you attract the best. Even if you keep quiet, you will attract the best. Are you with me this morning? Yes. Because of the presence of the Lord. God can't allow robbers on your way. To come and cheat you, scam you, and they do all those kinds of things. No, no, no. Stay in the presence. Walk in worship. Work in worship. Praise the living God. In heaven, praising and worshiping God is not just coming here. Wherever you are, lying on your bed, you can worship God. You can praise God. In your office, you can praise God. Driving, you can praise God. You can worship God along the streets and everything. And your life becomes so much of an influence. It becomes so attractive to people. They don't just know, but they get attracted. Not for bad reasons, but for good reasons. They begin to come and ask you questions about their issues. They want answers for you because you have the presence of the living God. What scripture is there? When God is with you, Exodus 33, verse 15 to 16, let's read it. I want to highlight something in that scripture. And he said to him, If your presence will not go with me, do not bring us out from here. This is Moses talking to God. For how shall it be known that I have found favor in your sight? I am your people. Is it not in your going with us so that we are distinct? You see, Moses understands the presence of God. If you walk with us, if you bow with us, if your presence is with us, we will be distinct. What makes us distinct as Christians is not going for a church service on Sunday, ladies and gentlemen, or on Saturday. It's the presence of God. It's our worship lifestyle. It's the manner we praise our God. That makes us unique. That makes us distinct. Are you with me this morning? Yes. It makes us completely different from the rest. Anyone can go to church. Mentors can go to a church service. Witches can do. You see them all over. They do. And they can actually sing because singing is not merely praise. They can do anything that you are doing. But what distinguishes you from them is the presence of God in your life. Because you are staying in worship. You are staying in praise. You are staying in the secret place of the Lord. Don't compete with the world, ladies and gentlemen. Let God make you afraid. Don't try and, and waste money investing on I want to be different. It has already been paid for. School fees has already been paid for. All you do is to get to the school of the secret place of God and learn it and acquire it and get it upon yourself and enjoy it. It has been done. The last thing that we are out of this place. God's peace brings blessings unto us. God's peace in us can bring blessings unto us. When we enjoy the presence of God and when we enjoy this Blessings come. Psalm 65, verse number 4. Let's read it. 
and we are done. Blessed is the one you choose and bring near to dwell in your God who has been chosen. First Peter chapter number two, verse nine. You are the chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a weird people, so you can proclaim the praises of God. You are chosen. Blessed is the one you choose and bring near to dwell in your court, to proclaim the praises of God in a world that praises Satan and praises self. Your role is to praise God and not for God. It says, We shall be satisfied with the goodness of your house in the court of the Lord and the holiness of your temple. Amen. That's why the present satisfied. You're satisfied. Bam! In your heart. With the goodness of the house of the Lord. The house of the Lord is full of goodness. Good things. Let me just show you the little things. Did you write this on screen? No? The little things that come out of it. Ladies and gentlemen, when the Bible is talking about the goodness of the house of the Lord, don't look at money first. Don't look at things. Don't look at cars. Don't look at food. Don't look at nice clothes and everything else. No, 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 no. That is too little for God. Those are common things. You don't even have to pray to God for a suit. You must have it. Those things are not things of prayer, ladies and gentlemen. Houses and all that kind of no, just have them. They are there for every human being, praying or not praying, born again or not born again, you should have God. But the good things that the Bible is talking about are the good things that come from the Spirit of the living God. The fruit of the Spirit in Galatians chapter 5. That's what you are looking for. The good things that you begin to acquire when you are in the presence of the Lord, you begin to acquire joy. We begin to acquire peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, self-control, and all those things. Those things don't come through preaching. Those things come to you through the time you spend in the secret place, in your worship room, in your prayer, in your praise time by yourself with your God. You begin to learn self-control. You begin to learn kindness and learn those things because they come through the Spirit of God. They come through your interaction with the Holy Spirit. Hear me well as I close. Let me close my mouth. Let me say this to you. The Holy Spirit indwells you. The Bible says eternal. He is with you eternal. But listen to me. The fruit of the Holy Spirit will not be manifest by the mere presence of the Holy Spirit inside of you. It will be manifest if you begin to interact with the Holy Spirit and begin to listen to his talking and teaching and begin to do what he is telling you. And the best place to interact with the Holy Spirit is in your worship, ladies and gentlemen. It's in your praise. It's in your private time with the Holy Spirit, where you can lie down and allow him to minister to your heart. When you can talk to him and say, I'm struggling with wrong thoughts, please help me. He helps you. I'm struggling with patience. I am so unkind, everyone is talking ill of me. Please help me. 
in those places, he begins to work the work inside of your heart. I will be this morning because you are dwelling in the secret place of the Most High and abiding under His shadow. And His presence begins to minister to you and to take you to greater places. Let's go ahead and pray this morning. Our God and our Father, we thank you for taking us this far. We give our hearts to you this morning. Our desire is to worship you because you have delivered us to worship you. Praise God. So this morning, thinking as we begin the new week, help us to stay in that secret place of worship. Help us to stay in your sanctuary wherever we are and allow your spirit to minister to our heart, to build us up until we are conformed to the likeness of the Lord Jesus Christ. We thank you for the heart to worship. We thank you for the mind to worship. We thank you for the spirit to worship you. We thank the Lord for walking through with us all the days of our lives. Today and forever, in victory, in gladness, in peace and joy. In the name that is above all name, Jesus Christ of Nazareth, we pray. Amen and amen. Hallelujah.